Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. What type of places do we think of as holy? A mountaintop? A church, an incredible waterfall, an altar. All of these places can be holy and feel sacred. Places that are set apart for God's work or so beautiful that they remind us of God's presence. But in our scripture today, Jesus chooses a different sort of place. Jesus is on level ground a plain, not a breathtaking mountaintop, not a synagogue, not a place known for its holiness or beauty, just a flat, level place. And this ordinary place is the perfect location for Jesus to deliver this extraordinary, perspective-altering sermon. Jesus looks at the people who are gathered around him, the people who heard about his miraculous healing powers and came in search of healing and community and hope. And Jesus tells them they are blessed. He says that those who are poor and hungry and weeping are blessed. When society looked at these people, they might see them with disgust or pity, They might even blame them for their hunger or sickness, believing it to be the product of sin. But Jesus is saying that this isn't the case. In fact, they are blessed. They are fully loved and favored by God. And perhaps part of the reason they are blessed in this moment and not just promised future blessings is that they are in a unique position that they are people who are able to recognize their own need. Those who search for healing, who are hungry for change and for the heavenly banquet, who are ready to listen and to receive. If this wasn't all shocking enough, 
Jesus continues to level the ground they stand on by addressing those who feel a little too comfortable. Now, just so we're clear, woe doesn't mean cursed. It's closer to yikes or look out. The people who are healthy and wealthy and satisfied with all that they have should look out. They should look out because the things that they are satisfied with are too temporary and fleeting. Health and wealth are more privilege than blessing. We can be filled with gratitude when we have them, but they aren't signs that God loves us more than other people. And if our trust or love of God rests in what we have, then we're in danger of losing our faith the moment things don't look so good. If we are wealthy and happy and satisfied, then we might miss the need that's around us. If we feel self-sufficient, we might not recognize our need for God. So the things we might typically think of as blessings may be the things distracting us, getting in the way of our relationship with God or our relationship with other people. The way God sees blessing is different than the way that we're used to seeing blessing. So it's important to look out. And there's good news, that we are on level ground, that the life of following Christ is available to all, not just extraordinary superheroes of faith, ordinary people in ordinary places, not just the poor, not just the rich, not just the healthy or only the hurting, not only the young or only the old. The life of following Christ, the life of a saint, is not so much about who we are. It is about who God is and what God is doing through us. Jesus continues this sermon with a description of saintly life, a life that is set apart to follow Jesus. We follow Jesus when we love our enemies, when we return hate with love, when we pray for those who hurt us, recognizing their brokenness and need for healing, when we bless and show love to the people who are most difficult to love, knowing that God loves them too, when we live a generous life, giving to those who ask of us, when we do these things, then we are living into the kingdom of God. We are participating in holy and life-giving work. We are saints, each one of us. We are made saints in our baptism when we are forgiven and claimed and brought into the body of Christ and called to live differently. Today is All Saints Day, All Saints Sunday. It is a day of remembrance. We remember the saints who came before us. We will remember the people who loved us and cared for us and gave us an example of how to live. Those who embodied Jesus' call to generosity, especially those who have died in the past year. Now, during our prayers today, we will name out loud those who have died in the past 12 months, but our hearts will remember many others. Today, I'm remembering my aunt, Mary Beth Hanner. Technically, Mary Elizabeth, 
but she was Mary Beth to everyone. She passed in July when I was still on parental leave. My Aunt Mary Beth was a public health nurse and an educator. She spent her life caring for people. She had a passion for nursing and education and her community. And she helped equip those who were disadvantaged find a career in nursing. This was especially true for women and for women of color. I didn't learn about most of her impressive resume until after she died, when those who spoke at her funeral sang of her accomplishments. For me, she was Aunt Mary Beth. Part of my childhood Thanksgivings and Christmases, kind, funny, thoughtful, loving, who cared for my Uncle Michael faithfully as his health declined for many years. And now I know that they are together with the saints of heaven, having the most wonderful time together. I like to picture them dancing. I wish I could tell you the story of each person who will be named in our All Saints Remembrance today. Unfortunately, I don't know each person's story. But I do know that each person we remember today was very special to at least one person in the congregation. Each person we remember today is a saint, someone who touched the lives of many, who has brought light into the world. We mourn and we celebrate together, collectively bearing the weight of grief together, and then remembering the joy of the promise of resurrection. During our All Saints Remembrance, each name will be read a total of three times to remember their life, their death, and their new life in Christ. You will be invited to sit for most of the remembrance, but when we get to the final stanza, of For All the Saints, you will be invited to rise, to sing boldly, confident that because Jesus lives, we will live too. All Saints Day is a celebration. We give thanks that God has provided people of faith in every single age. The people we miss the most are the people we loved so much who made life sweeter and brighter. We celebrate that God will continue to work through people, ordinary people, in ordinary places, set apart by the grace of God, until one day the saints on earth join with the saints in heaven, and we will be one together in the presence of God. Amen.